0: Are you in your winter whites, Clemmy? I am actually put this t-shirt on just for you, Lou. I nearly put a white shirt and I was like, no, don't hammer it too.
1: I literally will always think of you if I put white on in the winter. I will
0: always think of you. I'm going to have to get your number and text you an emoji saying it's today. I've gone for double cords, double cream cords. You've
1: got to have some good stain remover or just not care that much. And I, I, I quite often have pills down my front. Hello and welcome to another episode of But Why, the podcast is all about digging into big questions and tricky topics via honest conversations. This week we're going to be looking at comparison and there would be only one person who would be right to talk to about that and that is Lucy Sheridan. Lucy is accredited by the Association for Psychological Therapies and the world's first and only comparison coach. The Times called her one of the UK's most successful coaches. She pushes out this gorgeous big sister energy through a private practice and workshop on Instagram and has helped thousands of people go from compare and despair to comparison-free. Lucy, I always like to start with three, not that important, but quite fun questions. How are you really? What star sign are you? And your favourite crisps? Oh my
0: God. Well, how am I really coming up? I It's been a bit of a tough month. I don't mind kind of sharing with friends here. Um, received a postnatal depression diagnosis in September, and um, big information, but also an incredible relief because if you'll forgive the clumsy language, I thought I was going mad. Um, so spoke to a doctor, was in, really well listened to, felt very uh, received in that space, and I've really been coming up. Since then. Um, I have a 13-month-old, so that's meant that there's been a lot of big conversations in my marriage as well. There's been a lot, there's been a lot going on. It's been a bit of a boot camp, Clemmy, truth be told. But to answer your uh, question, I am coming up. I can I'm so close to the surface, I'll gasp that air in a second. My astrology is um Leo's son. I'm a Libra Moon, Pisces Rising, and I'm a Generator Human Design. Have that one for a bonus. And then favourite crisps. It's got to be, It's it, if there was to be a crunch match, it would be the salt and vinegar hula hoops because they've got that <laughs> vinegary thing. That I, would, I would still eat off my fingers even though I'm 40 in a few months. That or a big bad lad like a McCoy's beefy um, crinkle cut you know a really chewy potatoey bad lad so that, that, that e- easily uh, easily actually it would be the bad lad it would be the um it'd be the beefy mccoy's so.
1: i mean lucy have you thought about an alternative career voiceover for crisp adverts because i feel like <laughs> perhaps that was
0: that <laughs> if i had an agent i'd say talk to my agent but in the absence of that just drop me a dm
1: there's always a conversation to be had <laughs> So oh, just great this is what we ne- must never forget <laughs> <laughs> simple pleasures right yeah especially and I'm I'm really sorry that you've had a, a tough ride I, you Thanks, know what mate. now you say that it doesn't doesn't it doesn't feel like that new news for me because I feel like yeah your sparkle wasn't as sparkly in the last Yeah, thank you, Yeah, I hope it's
0: not TMI, I don't think it is for a but why conversation, but hey, I'd always intend to give an honest answer to an honest question, right, Um, and um, yeah, it felt important to, yeah, be real.
1: (laughs) And it's interesting, isn't it, because I had kids a bit younger than you, and I always thought to myself, oh, if I'd have done all this self-work before I'd had kids, maybe it would have prevented my first year feeling the way yours has but it just shows you that you, you can never know when that's going to come and and yeah absolutely you.
0: not and absolutely not and also you know because it's like chemical physiological but the the other side of that is my mind was started that like the spiral was starting to really pick up momentum down around July August last year but because I have like done the seminars done the courses do the work etc like you know work big W the inside stuff mm. I then started to critique myself as in well, why can't you be a bit more positive like maybe you should just do a bit more self-care but it's actually I was having a physiological experience like quite literally my serotonin was technical turn on its ass. I you can't meditate into that you can't affirm into that you can't transcendental this that and the other or cacao or even ayahuasca yourself into that when you're when you're in that state so it was a bit of a double-edged sword actually because I knew all the stuff but then I turned that into judgment on myself of well you should feel better you know be a bit more present and it's like um it just didn't work <laughs> at the end so actually and hopefully it's not TMI but when I did speak to the doctor they you know I'm, I'm paraphrasing here she was lovely she said look this is pretty clockwork what do you want to do there are a number of different routes and she taught me through talking therapy and all this then she was like oh there's the prescriptive route and she taught me through that as well I was like it's absolutely prescriptive route this is not something I is going on in my unconscious brain that I need to unpick. This is happening to me on a physiological level, and I now release the need <laughs> to have to sort it out. And, you know, God bless Western medicine. Bob me that prescription, hon, and I'll knit down to next door to the
1: bakery and pick it up. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and begin to come back out of it. And, and it must feel, as you say, you might not be head above the water yet, but at least you can see where the surface oh, of that yes, water is.
0: Yes. And I think, too, like, I can feel there's been quite a few changes for me personally in terms of, like, this year – my husband's decided to go back to work where he was kind of pursuing a different route because he needs it he needs the stimulus he needs the people we live and I joke about on the hill but I'm, I'm from Leeds but we live in the like near the peak district and so we don't have like we have friends around here who are lovely but we don't have a support system of people that can like watch um Saoirse, my ba- like my daughter for like a couple of hours while we do laundry or it's been absolutely a transactional tag teaming for over a year and unsurprisingly it starts to wear down wear down wear down so we have recently um brought a nanny in Katie who is absolutely amazing she started doing a couple of one day a couple of weeks ago two days um this week three days will be next week and I think it was yesterday Clemmy, for the first time in if I'm honest probably a couple of years I woke up and the elephant that's been sitting on my chest had finally got off and I could i i could even be i feel almost euphoric just by the absence of the stress mm-hmm. the absence of the worry and to think about what my nervous system has had to be going through because now I can feel the absence of it. I'm not skipping mm-hmm. through a meadow punching the air. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm very much kind of getting back to zero, but I am euphoric. I, I could stay at zero now forever and a day because mm-hmm. having been to like that other side, the appreciation for good days, even if they they're now in the mix and they're not here to stay I it's completely given me a new equilibrium of what it is Mm -hmm. to feel okay in myself and it's been yeah a wild ride
1: (laughs) oh it is um there is nothing like it whether and ever you know I reflect on my first baby I was like did I have postnatal depression I do probably reflect that I did but but whatever it is it's just like you've got You're just trying to peace you, you're just trying to make yourself better and yeah, it's yeah. it's impossible to to know what levers to pull and as you say oh. if the lever is chemical mm-hmm. oh. yeah
0: and i think too for those amongst us that are astro curious and that's definitely you and i clemmy i've also yeah. been going through pluto square pluto which is the big midlife oh, okay. transit that happens between 38 and 42 And I am literally coming out of it, as we record this live on a Friday, I am literally coming out of it on Monday and it's been like 13 or 14 months. And, you know, like I say, any of us that are astro-curious and I'm not very fluent, but I know enough to be able to, like, you know, chew your ear off if you're unlucky to sit next to me at a wedding or something. (laughs) Um, But Pluto is the planet of depth, not just that depths and the darkness. It's almost the underworld And that has been a very unwelcome companion as well. You know, I'm not saying it caused anything. It's a planet in the sky. I'm not presenting any of this as facts to you, Clemy, or anyone listening today. But I am astro-curious and I do live i do experience the astrology like any of us that are open to it would probably agree they do too but pluto square pluto if you if you are between the age of 38 and 42 and i'm pretty much bang on like i said 14 a few months it's worth looking into if you've got the Chani app or you just want to go on google because that might explain some things as well because there are some things that i would have loved to just sweep away or get to and i have had to be unflinching but alas there's been lots of flinching and and it's been a little bit bruising as well in terms of things that I just have not been able to avoid have had to be addressed um too and um it's uh it's yeah not always been my finest hour uh, I will say that but coming through the other side of it like it I've I get why it happens at this time, because about to hit this threshold birthday, and it is a threshold, isn't it? Literally walking from one decade into another. Mm -hmm. I can see why I've I've had to address it now, Um, because, you know, I heard this wonderful expression once, which is your 40s are for your fortune. And that doesn't have to be material or monetary, but that's it. I I really do want to hold on to more of what's valuable outside, but I want to hold on to what's and, and value more of what's valuable in this next decade, and I've definitely been through the boot camp of how that works.
1: Woo! It's so funny you say that because I've too... Um... I think I'm almost at the end of it and on my 40th I had a um my birth chart read which is weird it was booked for my 39th and then because of life I didn't do it and end up doing 40th and she said to me you are in the cave you're in the cave stop fearing the cave accept it and and don't try and do anything and it was really really good advice but I know exactly what you're referring to I think we're all quite if you're astrologically curious well versed in the saturn return but this is exactly the same thing where every single element of your life when you feel like you're Mm. old enough to know better becomes turned over it's really brutal but it is it
0: is and you you give great advice there isn't like don't resist the cape i did I did. And I was like, I don't want to. I was very hot This is <laughs> fair. I'm not ready. Yeah. Like, who's left me? Where are the keys out? And the minute I was like, okay, can we just hit the bottom? Because there's free fall and the, like, I'm mixing analogies now. Forgive me. But I was like, can I just hit the bottom? Because there I know at least that, that I can go up from there. But it is um, very confronting. But I would also say this. There's nothing to fear. And that sounds like it doesn't. It can't. There's polarity there, isn't it? It's very confronting. Can feel painful. I use the word bruising and brutal. If you'll forgive me, I am prone to Mm. drama. Um, And yet, there is nothing to fear Mm. because it's like it. It really is. I can see now. I'm close enough to the end that I'm starting to feel one percent philosophical about holy moly am i going to be able to use a lot of this a holy moly has this been very rude about experiencing like who i really am and what i what i how i really tick but my word there's no change in it now so better work with it
1: <laughs> yeah it's so true it's so true it's definitely it's definitely that thing of of no longer being able to avoid who you really are and ultimately finding yeah. acceptance of that and i will yeah, con- move off from this but I did, yes. <laughs> after learning about this, I then did a quick kind of tally of my friends and when their parents got divorced, you know, because we're a generation mm. of a lot of parents, so many of them during this this period of time. Like, oh, yeah, they're around about 40. Mm. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I would say like, it definitely haven't had my finest hour in my role as wife. Um, but I would say my recovery from it has been one of my finest hours, actually, because there's this, this won't be for everyone, but there's a metaphysical text course called A Course in Miracles. And I'm going to um, just paraphrase one of the teachings in the book. And that is um, the only thing missing from any situation is what you're not bringing and that again feels quite confronting but when I've been like to my husband you need to be more understanding you need to be more present you are so um oblivious like the world just ends at the end of your nose that's what you think like just really like I say not my finest hour and yet when I look at my goodness if I turn that conversation back to myself he would be absolutely in his right to say all those things to me so it started with things like me feeling bored and ignored and so when he talked to me, I put my phone down, instead of treating him like he was some sort of admin helper in the house, you know, um, instead of, um, feeling like, I wish he just knew to help out or this, or I feel like I started to say, I'm feeling a bit like this now, so it really helped me out if you could do this, like, please can you remember for next time, um, because he wants to help, he wants to be a good partner, like, I want to help, and I want to be a good partner, but, um, yeah, I can totally see how lots of, um, relationships don't make it because mm. there is no I, I was joking with a pal you have a blazing row and then you've got to like feed the child together or do bath time or ask if they've got any whites to put in the wash you know it's like there's no going off to the pub or you know off no. in a huff upstairs to meditate it's like you've got to be fuming and uh, functioning <laughs> Which could be a new thought, couldn't it? Fuming
1: and functioning. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's a real for me. And I relate to absolutely everything you're saying. There's also this dialogue in my head: is like, how have you become this? How how is this like resentful couple? Yeah. Like slamming around round the children, or trying not to. It's like everything yeah, yeah, yeah. we 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 worked so hard not to be, and yeah. then you're there. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. And, and, you know, promising not to be transactional, but actually it sort of needs it because it's the only way you, I have felt, you know, it's been the only way I can measure some sort of balance and some sort of fairness. Mm.
1: Um,
0: so, again, like, I mean, all the clichés are true, basically, is what I'm trying to
1: say. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, actually, to turn this on the conversation of comparison, and like like, yeah. four questions down, I was going to say to you, how has... Motherhood being a compare if motherhood has been a comparison yeah. trigger and how.
0: Yeah, I w- it's been interesting for me because, like I say, like where I live, it's not remote, but it is rural, and um so I haven't so much compared to other parents because I haven't been around enough of them to compare. Like my village has been very—you know, people say it takes a village. My village has kind of been WhatsApp really, and family members and a couple of neighbors around here that have you know checked in on me. um But it has—I haven't necessarily gone to loads of groups or had a routine because I went back to work after three months. Shouldn't have done. That was too early. But that's from the time and also the name of me getting my business back up and running I was you know on zoom way before it was cool so there was elements of I would kind of like have the baby and then go to go to her dad and then I'd get her back again and go for a walk so I haven't had comparison I'm any source of comparison really for um other people and even online I've been you know trying to protect myself a little bit there but where comparison really tri- um, kicked in for me was um one of the lesser acknowledged comparisons around who I thought I should be, what where I thought I should be and what I thought I should be doing. So things like, so she's 13 months and like she's just on sort of like mushy banana because I've been too scared to like go for the toast, go for the carrot, because again, we live on a hill. So if anything happened, I'd be really worried about could I handle it? And um so there's been there's been that and yet when she's had the banana, and she's gobbled it and like, Oh god, am I slowing her down? Or equally it took a while to get, you know, like a pet like a we call it the baby jail, but like a play area sorted for her. And when we did, she immediately started crawling. I was like, Oh my gosh, is she even wanting to crawl at this time? And I didn't know. So there's been a lot of comparisons where I thought I should be or would be, or like, you know, um, the sort of mother I'd be and how present and thoughts things we'd be doing when actually I've been you know I haven't really touched on a lot of that stuff and I've, I've judged myself a lot you know if you only knew more if you knew as much as them or if you knew you know if you'd read the book like you said you were going to do or you know if you just bought that thing off Amazon that's where I've kind of been caught in a comparison trap quite seriously recently mm. actually.
1: But you you know I really remember on my first maternity leave walking around thinking oh, all these mothers know what they're doing more than me but the chances are unless it was their subsequent children actually they probably knew every bit as little as I did and you know we're very good at pretending yeah
0: that's it isn't it and and not as well like there's there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of you know obviously recommendations about certain routines and certain ways of doing things we're quite free flowing with Zercia in that we sort of let her lead on things. We're really, really blessed that she's um slept since early dawn, like since early days. So there's an element of like somebody like, oh you know, well I'll put the baby to bed at seven o'clock and then I'll go and do this. I'm like, well, I'm probably gonna play with her till about eight, see how she's doing about nine, then we'll go to bed and read at ten and she'll fall asleep. Um but equally I'm like, but if I don't get her in a routine, she's not gonna be able to and it's like like you say, other parents are doing what they have to do to have a a good night's sleep. I'm doing what I have to do at the moment. And, you know, she's with me and I'm, you know, I'm trying my best and she knows she's loved. And I think that's what I keep coming back to in terms of the measures and not what's going on on social media or the steps I have or haven't taken or where her routine is or where her routine isn't it isn't but like does she feel love does she you know when she cries she'll get picked up no matter what's going on mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like she knows that like um she's confident with the dogs that sort of thing It's it's having to really try and think about what are my measures to make sure that we're all on track as a family here because you know the the self-judgment that can go on and putting you know putting yourself under the monocle could just be exhausting and it gets us mm-hmm. nowhere
1: it does, and the thing is, I mean, you you have again with subsequent children, you've got the you've got the proof to yourself that you've kept a human alive for whatever long, <laughs> and eventually, yeah. and eventually they eat, um, and there yeah. is all those cliches. One day, all your kids will eat will be pesto pasta and fish fingers and chips, and yeah. you can get there in whatever route you like. But ultimately, yeah. you survey a six year old, and they're all eating versions <laughs> of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, right. oh God, well, I w- wish I hadn't have bothered with this, like. Yeah, the toil of what I should and shouldn't be doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. mashing sardines How, into a potato or whatever. Yeah.
1: How many thirty-year-olds do you meet you are only eating mashed-up banana? None. So probably exactly any day now. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah, it, it's 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 so bonkers, but it's that's it. And you know, if you've if you've been tried to be successful in any other part of your life, and then you yeah. try and put your rules for success or your ways of being successful into parenting and they and they don't stick because they're they've no manual it's really disorientating isn't it
0: yeah it is it really really is and i think we just it sounds like a platitude to say we have to go gently but we sort of do because i've noticed well like you know the spiral can be um pretty hard i remember like early days and i was um surgery so she had a jab since so I was giving her a little bit of calpol through like but they gave us a syringe obviously has a really small mouth and I was holding the syringe and for some reason that like, it was a little bit um slow so I just kept applied pressure to it thinking oh, it must be going slowly and then it kind of jolted and like all of the calpol went her mouth and then she was sick and I remember like becoming almost hysterical you know, and you know, that was say like four o'clock and it obviously ruined the rest of the day. But I woke up the next day and was like, can we just put this down to the first what feels like an F up? Can we just chalk it down to that and just just like to start, let's just let's get to ten o'clock, let's get to lunchtime, let's get to countdown, <laughs> Do you know, like let's get to five PM. And just to take a step back and and whenever I find that whether it's I'm in a comparison spiral and I just need to give myself some space or I'm not feeling like i I'm not feeling great in myself, or I'm not feeling like I'm getting the Mum of the Year award or whatever these things, if I'm not feeling great, I go back to write an hour at a time. Not even a day or a week at a time, an hour at a time. Because it is it just gives me oxygen and because I'm just very aware of how the spiral having been there before, how the spiral can take me down. Um, so I really do try and not keep myself in a tight rein, but just keep myself in like a nice little pen of time when it feels like I'm not as steady on my feet as I'd like to be. Mm,
1: that's such it's such good advice. And, it, it, you know, we do know that when, when life comes down to living by the hour, that it means things are, are tough. But actually you do living by an hour for a week and then the next day you're doing living by half days and then slowly... Mm-hmm you come out the other way don't you and
0: that's it And that's it yeah absolutely right
1: so you are you are the world's first and only comparison coach what led you to that um well first of all I think we've jumped a few guns like what what do you I know we all understand what comparison is but how do you frame it in your mind
0: well I look at it as really making sure that when it when it comes to comparison I get that sometimes comparing ourselves can be inspiring but that really is for about two to three percent of the population and I look at comparison as something which ultimately takes us off path whether that is take literally distracts us from we, the task we should be doing you know so we can leave the house on time right through to bringing on the other end of the scale bringing into question all of our abilities our own wants our own needs and even you know whether we are enough as a human being and that's why for me comparison has three parts to it really there's the comparison to other people there's comparison to our past self or a biggie that I've been talking a lot about recently comparison um sorry comparison to who we think we should be or the biggie is comparison to our past selves before COVID I used to be able to do this when I was in my late 20s I'd be feeling this when I was in my other job I didn't find this hard when I was friends with this person this would come up for me and you know sometimes it is a you know Uh, being a bit too nostalgic, but actually this reverting back to the person that we're not anymore because we are right here, fully formed, I'm finding is is being particularly insidious at the moment because of this strange time that we're emerging into. But ultimately, whatever comparison we might be experiencing, it's down to three things that we need to make sure are as high for us as possible that is our sense of self-worth how much we believe we deserve to be here and deserve to have what we want in life our self-confidence so why would you call this the fuel to then go after that and you know do and do, uh, uh, to go after that and then look after that confidence to drive ourselves forward and then there's a third one which is self-focus and this is the doing the thing the sticking to the plan the playing to our strengths then if the plan mm. is unclear there so self-worth self-confidence and self-focus and they are the things we need to like I say if they were on a dial and make sure they're as high as possible because the higher they are the more oxygen we cut off to comparison
1: yeah I was reading some some of the work that you've done and it's like this idea that we're literally wasting our precious time on focusing on other people or or versions of us that don't exist and that really resonated for me every time you know, we always end up talking about social media, but when you're looking at someone else's yeah. holiday, it, it, it's, it's completely wasted energy. Yes, as you say, there's a little percentage where sometimes a little bit of comparison nudges you on, but that yeah. feels like it's a very different thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and that's it is wasted energy, and that's why for me it's not helpful to put us because you're right. Social media is such an important part of it because speaking by substance, we like weren't talking about it, and for me, I wouldn't necessarily. If we're trying to get out of comparison, I wouldn't necessarily advise like digital detoxes, for example, or like you know cutting ties and following every person under the sun. For me i would say a bit like you know when a toddler has a tantrum or you really fancy a pizza and you're like here i go let's go in extra pepperoni extra this extra that, whatever it is let yourself like burn through it like burn through the fuel so if you're gonna if you're feeling a spot of comparison rather than sort of checking in on on a few accounts occasionally block off an hour and really go there really really forensically detective emoji go there and get it out of your system Get it out of your system. Write down everything it's making you feel. Write down everything it's making you question. Write down everything um, that it is making you doubt, but making you believe about yourself. And then flip the paper and be open to what's actually true. So, what is that information then able to tell you? What can be your pathway towards your version? of that fulfillment that contentment having those options and then we start to see the the formation of your own authentic plan in your language and based on your wants and your needs because here's the thing about um comparison we do it it's like putting a hot you know a hand on a hot stove but like oh I skin can feel my skin dissolving now But I'll just keep it here for five more minutes because you know We know it doesn't necessarily do us any good at all. So if we're going to do it, do it right. Like really go for it. And then that's it. That's it. You turn your back and you use the information, and it might be you have to put little, you know, steps in place for you to support you using the information, you know, I wish I was more confident in this area, my goodness, what i do to be able to take my kids to Disneyland, I wish my job made me feel like this, you know, if you get to those realizations that are in the I, the I, as in the I, and the me, and the where I'm from, if you can get to those realizations, plans can come from there. And then of course, make helpful choices with social media. So things like you might, um, you know, put a few people on Um, mute for a while you might when it comes to you realizing you're not just clicking on the post you click on the account you throw your phone across the (laughs) throw your phone across the room or you go back and look at your favorite puppy account or something like that I for example um, have all my social media in a folder on my um, phone you know screen and but it's they're all in a folder called really question mark and I move the folder around every couple of weeks so I don't have the muscle memory of finding it So if I'm, you know, when I should be finishing an email or should be, uh, you know, doing some washing or doing anything but being on social media. Rather than having the muscle memory of going to it, I actually have to think, oh, I've interrupted myself here and I can go back to the task where I think, look, I'll check. Social media is going to be there in ten minutes when I've sent this important email that would really help my business or, you know, really help me move forward with a party plan or whatever it is. And so it's like having that dialogue with ourselves. It's not, you know, it it really, really like being as conscious about it as possible. Choosing again, choosing again, choosing again. And what we'll find there, because there's no switch to comparison there's no I felt like this and now I don't feel like it fantastic you know in my book or in my work I'm like right you just need to go behind your ear there's this switch can you feel it right just press that like I wish there was we edge towards we went we edge away from comparison we edge further towards ourselves we edge further inside to what's true for us and if we can be open to that edging that those edges compound and they get stronger and what we'll notice and this is the big like you know fireworks in the sky moment you want to aim to get to is you just don't care that much anymore you don't <laughs> have to love that person from school that's already always sort of got on your tits excuse my language or always been a bit of like riled you up a bit you don't have to love the content of that person on instagram that has made you feel like your house is an absolute trash bag and what's the point you don't have to love them and support them and write them a letter about how them. me out you just want to get to not really caring that much i know when i'm um, i my my comparison work is working for me because my goodness teach what you need to learn hon um (laughs) is when i don't know what someone's doing like you know when i notice i've been all over their feed like a rash or maybe you know in my more sinister moments maybe even asking about them on whatsapp oh have you seen what you Recently, just high pitched and curious when really I'm mining for info. I'll out my ego, I do it, (laughs) you know, I do it. I know when I'm back in my own lane because there's the absence of any interest, not because hypothetical Amy, I w- wish any ill will hypothetical of but just it's not important to me. You know, be safe, be mm-hmm. well, off you go, hun. but it's not important to me because I'm in my own lane. But the the big thing is it does take a bit of work. It takes a little bit of consistency. We have to have our own rules, our own criteria in place, like any, like reframing any habit, like moving forward with anything, we have to have a bit of a plan in place that protects the effort that we're making because I you know whether you're going whether you're 40 or not there's a really good chance it's that if you are listening to this like you're curious about who you are and you, you know who you are to a point as well what are your strengths play to those because mm. like when it comes to healing around comparison and it is a healing if we play to our strengths we are more of who we are and then we can take more aligned action. We have more ideas or we seek out more opportunities or we are maybe more have a bit more courage in a certain area or to do a thing or to say a certain thing. And all this, again, moves us closer to who we are and what we're supposed to be doing and who we're supposed to be ultimately and away from comparison. But it's done, I can see now after 10 years of doing this work, we edge, 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 edge until we get to a place of I just don't care. Mm. and that's a really lovely place to be and you'll know you're there because you'll have got all your time back you'll have got all your ideas back you'll have might have a notebook of to do lists but actually there are some things being ticked off so it'll be kind of maybe quite subtle when you know you've done it in that you like you've really allowed the pendulum to swing away from comparison but just because it's subtle doesn't mean it isn't absolutely glorious
1: mm. it's so funny i love hearing you talk about this because it yeah i think Comparison is something because when I, I've said this to you before, when I first heard of your work, I was like, oh, you know, it's, yeah, it's interesting, not really me. And then you, then you get real about it and look how much you're doing it. And I, we've discussed it before, but it often happens, you yeah. know, in families between siblings, between colleagues, between everything. And then you begin to see actually it's absolutely yeah. woven yeah. into into everything that we do. But yeah, absolutely. as you were talking. One thing that came to mind is this classic thing that I do when, again, on social, but in anything we are like, oh, why wasn't I invited yeah. to that? And then I go to oh, myself, yeah. do you want to be invited? It, and I think there's an, an interesting thing in comparison where sometimes I try and be better at, at, at trying on those clothes. So you, that job that you think you're yeah. envious of. Would you want yeah. to be getting on a train every day in order to get that salary, in order to have that money to go on that holiday? Oh, no, you wouldn't. Right. Well, yeah. The reason that isn't your journey is because no, it isn't know. your journey.
0: And that that's gold, claiming, because you've hit on a really important point here, is if, if you want the thing, you have to have it all. You mm. have to have it all. You know, it's like so if they, um, you know, have taken an amazing adventure well they're doing that because they've been talking about how they've been in crisis because they had a divorce and they had a divorce because their partner unfortunately went away with someone else so it's okay if you want the adventure but would you take it all no thanks no thanks I'd rather have my own path there and take the inspiration that that's something that I that I want to have um because it, it and because, like I say, it's just not that simple. We make it think, like, it, it is, simple. oh, if I could just do that. Um, and on your point about, like, why didn't I get invited to that, something I have come to realise now, because that's such a tender one for me too, that just won't really go away, truth be told, is I realise when I feel that moment, I'm not me in my kitchen waiting for a cup of tea, scrolling the internet. I'm 12.
1: Oh I'm actually God. 12
0: in a playground, or I'm 12 hearing about girls talking about they went to the cinema at the weekend and I didn't go. I'm 12. And so what that immediately means is, right, big sister energy. And it's like, you know, and then I go to that part myself, you've got loads of friends. It was just one party this happens to other people too you get invited to things and they feel this way so let's just have lots of compassion and know when the next invite comes along it's going to be great what you're going to wear but I really do like immediately immediately turn to that part of myself and like let's we know what's really going on here and it's got nothing to do with those um incredibly dressed people at Soho House it's got nothing to do with that. It's got everything to do with being 12. And yeah, exactly. And it is that moment, isn't it? Of like We want to just like give ourselves a hug. And that's what we need to do. We need to give yeah. ourselves a hug because just like, you know, those stacking dolls, there are parts of our lives that stay with us, even though outwardly we get older. <laughs> um, there are parts of our lives that, that stay with us. Just like um, perhaps if we might want to go after something um, and we're like, why doesn't this feel, feel right? It's like, oh, that's not mine. That's something my dad said to me when I was doing my A-levels. Or that's something <laughs> a boss said to me. And they were really cross at me for something that I actually didn't do. You know, it's like uh, one of my big um I'm not good enough that my um inner critic will kind of um throw at me is like, you just haven't got enough gravitas for this. Like, you just haven't got enough you know, like presence for this, to do this. And that's because in one of my old jobs, what used to come up in appraisals quite a bit was you've got to work on your gravitas. Now I'm not saying that wasn't right. I'm not. But they also used to say it to like everyone of a certain kind of level. And we've got a feeling it was just to kind of keep us, you know, going. Anyway, that's for another time. Fair enough, whatever. It's ancient history. It's all good. I've unpicked a lot of that with my therapist. But whenever I go to then like, launch an idea approach someone about something or like you know even accept invitations like this I'm like oh god but have I got like you know have I got the the power to be there and actually make a contribution do I have the confidence why would people want to listen to me I'm like oh that's not mine that was the feedback I was given when I was 26 maybe 27 years old so of course I wasn't didn't probably have much gravitas because I was 26, 27 years old, do you know what I mean? So it's like, show me someone that does. So again, I've been able to go around that now and it's 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 now not about they were mean to me, which is what it felt like. It was that I didn't quite get it. It wasn't delivered in perhaps the best way. So I can, I can it's, there's like no hard feelings anymore, do you know what I mean? Mm. But again, in, in that moment of like, I'm not invited, I feel 12. And in that, I'm not good enough, I'm not ready. I'm actually, that was 15 years ago. No, yeah. and it's just interesting what that can give us, and sometimes like yes, but I still do feel it. Uh, so, but, but that said, it's helpful to know it's based on absolutely nothing to do with who we are now and what we're doing now.
1: Yeah, that's so true. It's Such, I just want to say because it's off the record, but you're—I think you're so. For me, and I've said it to you, actually, over email, I always think you launch everything in such a professional kind of way with Gravitas. So actually, maybe, like not that we ever want to think that those kind of criticisms are good. I think probably the, the uh, consequence of that is you have constantly <laughs> yeah, they, well, pushed yourself to a place... So they're right that's wrong, really basically. kind, of,
0: thank you. And I, I will re, I will receive that even even though my main channels go, oh, I'm not sure that I'm gonna receive that. Thank you. And, and perhaps, yeah, it makes me put it through a few more checks, asked a few more questions, um, than may it might have done otherwise. Yeah. So maybe I'm getting to benefit from that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do wonder. That's maybe like the 1% where yeah, 1%. is useful. a good thing, yeah. Um, something that I wanted to pick up on that. Again, I've heard you say before, and the first time I heard it, I was like, "Whoa!" And it's accepting that the chances are that you are somebody else's comparison trigger. Mm, yeah.
0: oh. Absolutely, I would go. I would go as far to say I can guarantee it. If people were brave enough to tell me in an anonymous poll, like whoever you are if I was doing an honest poll, I know that at least everyone would have at least one as a comparison trigger. Because it may be that, for example, you were used as an example um, of someone doing well at school. Why can't you be more like Clemmy? You know, like, why can't you play with Clemmie? Because a parent was like, put that comparison in early days or perhaps it is um someone kind of like seeing how you present things in meetings or seeing how your parent or seeing how you take lovely pictures for social media or your singing voice or um the jokes you tell or whatever at your fashion sense it could be anything that's the thing about comparison no two are alike i could lay down my comparisons next to yours you'd be like really what? Have you met you? And you lay down your comparison. I'm like, Clemmy, are you bananas in pajamas? What? You know, have you met you? And we wouldn't be able to compute it. And that's the thing, it doesn't no. matter what anyone thinks. And um, you will definitely be someone's comparison source let's say um and there's nothing you can do about it and there's nothing you must try to do about it either because otherwise we're going to get smaller and smaller and more apologetic more tentative um and less ourselves and we mustn't let that happen especially when um some of us have got children watching yeah. that's something i'm really aware of now is that if my daughter can see me as much in full bloom as possible that's the biggest gift i can give her
1: Mm. You know,
0: yeah, and really
1: being, conscious being... <laughs> <I'm> play. <laughs> it's so funny. I have my daughters, my youngest kid, who's she's in reception and has had her first parents' evening last night. And, you know, <gasps> right, they said, a Yeah, she's in reception. Oh, and um, she you. said, Oh, she's gorgeous and she's a firecracker and she really knows her mind. And I, you know, that's a huge compliment. But again, mm. and I don't know if it's female, but I think that kind of language. In our generation, yeah. could have been seen as a criticism, and and the teacher wasn't. It was a compliment. But it's it's so yeah. interesting, isn't it, that we're sometimes we're told some of our brilliant traits where we do take up space, and yeah. so we where we do take the lead role. Yeah, it's negative, and it's not. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: And that's and that's the double punch, isn't it? It's like, oh, uh, I don't want to interfere, but I know better. <laughs> you know, it's like this, this layer of like, I wouldn't even, I mean, oh, there's that expression that conscious parenting, which is such a place to aim for. Even if you're like, huh, that wouldn't have happened to me. Like, that's still conscious parenting. Like, that's the healing that's that's happening there. Yeah. I had a similar thing with them. Um, my little girl was playing and she was being uh, quite physical with the other little girl who was, was to- they were totally just a match of energy. But I was like, I wanted to be like, oh, no, please share. It. Oh, no, I'm like, no, let them. They're figuring this mm. out themselves. They like She's obviously not being rude because lots of giggling going on here. But, you know, there I was like, oh, don't, you know, I don't want to be overbearing. I don't want the other mum to think that I don't. And it's like, no, the other mum will think whatever she wants. But Saoirse needs to know that I'm going to sit back and think, right, what's going on here then, kid? you know and that even then I was like whoa Like mind blown emoji that felt like such a milestone moment of wow it's okay for me to be the observer here and of course I'll step in I don't want her to be you know a little snot rag to anybody you know she's expressing herself will you just give her the toy no absolutely not let it get there before me jumping in can't prevent the behavior before it's happened you know
1: no and also if we always step back like can a 13 month old really be overbearing because they yeah. they're just being a very curious physical <laughs> tiny human Exactly the, exactly that And yeah but it's so interesting I I definitely think with raising kids it's like when things are really encouraged like you know outspoken Mm. girls particularly and then 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 for some reason that becomes bossy or that becomes you know ambitious isn't good and it's Mm. just like oh no what we're gonna try and do is hold on to all those wonderful traits for as long as possible that's
0: it and do better at managing our discomfort as opposed to like yeah squashing it I mean yeah more on this soon reader let's see how we get on I'm only 13 months in kid do you know what I mean
1: (laughs) Yeah, you've got a real a real journey for that, but I think yeah, these are all the things that parenting um, shines on us. So tell me, yeah, a little bit more, I guess, about what comparison—not comparison free, because we never try and aim for finite things for human, but like a, a life with less comparison can look like.
0: I think for to sum it up, it would be like better quality. So spending your time more intentionally because time doesn't get away from you and you don't feel as scatty because you're not wondering what other people are doing or doubting yourself or on social media for two hours, like with your phone literally warm to the touch when you could be, you know, polishing up your LinkedIn or um, planning a nice meal for your partner or, you know, taking yourself on a day or Googling some training or like a hobby you want to do. Like the quality of our lives just incredibly increases when we're not comparing so getting that time back getting that focus back not having the wobbly worries yes there's elements of oh I feel a bit nervous about this because you know not comparing doesn't make us unflappable certainly I'm certainly have flappable moments you know absolutely but I know when I'm not comparing those fears and worries are mine and they don't have the edge of who am I to you know, and I can concentrate on that. So the quality of our lives goes up so much. The quality of the conversations we have, um, the quality of, of who we are and what we do, how much of, you know, what we do as well is completely out. So not how would someone else do this? Or if that looks popular, I should do it that way. We stay in our own lane. So we become, we can rely on that because that's another thing. You might master, you know, emulating or following the footsteps of someone. But what happens when the, train, the trend changes? What happens if they change their mind? Calls into question again, everything you've been doing, everything you've done. That's another thing why it's so important. When we're, when we're not comparing, trends can come and go. Trends can be exciting things to try. Or we can, you know, look at opportunities a different way. But we do it in our own way. Because when, we, when we're when we not comparing, we, we know, always know our next thought, even if it may, may not be the best thought, but it's ours. If you're stuck in comparison, you're constantly ranking and analysing against other people. Mm -hmm. And I think, too, you know, because there are different types of comparison in terms of you might be a generalist, which I call a scanner. And so you're comparing all the time in all different ways. You're literally scanning your environment. Oh, I like that coat on the tube. Oh, I think um, they've lost weight. Oh, oh, are they cleverer than me Uh, at the school? gates? Whatever it is, that's always going on. Then it might be that you're a scout. So you're comparing lots of different ways to people that you know though so maybe a friendship group or a work cohort or you know people that you know you did a course with once and you know them but you compare in all different ways there too then there's one which has been particularly um, tricky for me there is being the archer when it comes to comparisons that is comparing yourself to people you don't necessarily know at all but comparing the very specific way to their family you know, someone on the internet comparing them to their house, um, comparing your work life to that friend of a friend that you met once at a wedding and just sort of blew your socks off because they made life look easy. And then there's um, the squirrel of comparison, and that's comparing in one single way, but perhaps to a best mate, to a partner, to a family member, to a colleague, to so someone you actually do know. Now, no matter how you do, no matter how you do compare, whenever you're focusing on that you can't be focusing on yourself and we become less of ourselves and we become impatient in our most important relationships and we don't follow through on ultimately what's most important to us um there too so i would say to recap when we're not comparing the quality of life even if the quality of how we experience life increases even if nothing changes we don't necessarily have the promotion yet or there's still you know the um messy back room you know isn't isn't all decorated yet but we can just take away this layer of judgment and that is like the world reorganizing itself for us actually Mm. like I said it doesn't have to be punch the air skip through a meadow everything's transformed it's this zone of contentment which that's where I want to live like my word of the year is snuggle this is the year of the snuggle for me I'm very happy to be in contentment I might stick my big toe out of my comfort zone. Because I've got a new idea and I'm thinking, all right, this could be quite fun to do, but I'm a bit scared, fine. But as soon as my big toe is, I want to remove it. I want to bring it back to the zone of contentment Mm -hmm. because I'm just not sure. Like, of course, we want to be using our ambition and we want to have aspirations. We want to um, be going after what feels exciting. But comparison makes us look outside ourselves, too, and not realize everything that we've got going right now, everything we can be thankful for right now all the experiences have built that have built who we are right now the friends we already have the progress we're already making even if it might feel small or slow actually if you can take you you know comparison keeps us almost like in the middle distance if you can bring your focus to who you are like in the space like if you were to put your hands out in the air and like almost like draw a circle around you like a zorb or like an orb there thinking about all the things that occupy that space your skills, your friendships, how good you are at cooking your friend's favourite meal, actually you did get a compliment at work, you have had a good idea, that mm. training you could afford it if you were sensible with your funds next week. There's actually a lot in play which is working towards you being your most you already but unfortunately we're often in the middle distance there so when we're not comparing, bringing back in our own Zorb and our own kind of sphere of influence um can be incredibly powerful and a really fun place to hang out actually
1: yeah i, I i'm absolutely loving everything you're saying because it's so true it, as with, in reference to gretta it's like you want to be strong-minded and, and ambitious but i think that can often be misconstrued that it has to happen in the public and in the exterior and in the bright lights. But say, you know, I'm a very driven person, so may, maybe I use that drive actually to go and go downstairs now, do all the washing up, tidy up, so that tonight <laughs> on a Friday night. But when when it comes to this evening, we have a lovely a lovely night, not necessarily thinking of like these big plans to change the world but you know putting it within my little world that will have such quick direct positive impacts but it feels so yeah and that, and, and that, that you know, like
0: you might put on your favourite radio station or put on a podcast you like and, like, set an alarm, be like, I'm doing this in 10 minutes, I'm getting as far as I can, then I'm off to go and that, get, a that gr- go and get a coffee, whatever it is. But it's like, I'm going to just, I'm going to make a, a, a positive choice here. <laughs> you know, if I get yeah. up to choose again. Because, again, it's like, when it gets to 6 o'clock and there's, you know, um, bags on the table shoes everywhere what is with the shoes everyone's oh. shoes are everywhere you know etc and there's kind of you know and there's not a clean fork anywhere to so know it's like that future self says thank you well future self is only four hours from now do you know what i mean it doesn't have to be three years
1: <laughs> no but it, yeah it's so true to um to bring it all a bit closer and also I really increasingly it's it's not for public consumption, and that is the the mm-hmm. trap of social media of what, what you think people are doing, yeah. what you're seeing. The yeah. best things yeah. are, the, are the things that happen just yeah behind closed doors with with people you completely, know about completely
0: and we need a reminder of that and that's where I'm kind of grateful to be like an anxious millennial because I do remember what it was like without social media mm. and yet like my stepson who's like 23 does not search won't and it's like we've got to
1: keep
0: we've got to remember we kind of we live here the phone is just yeah. to a portal someone else
1: yeah well uh, Lucy thank you for your time because I knew it would be this but checking with you always like gives me a little reminder and I'm sure we're similar in that we do a lot of this work and as we referenced earlier with motherhood doesn't mean that it's always being applied left right and centre and it's sometimes good to come yeah. and put that bottle back in.
0: Absolutely Clemmy, and that's the thing it's like that stuff if you'll excuse the clumsy language that stuff is there to help us in life. I am not interested in being any sort of guru and putting myself on a pedestal you know it's the fact that there is like it's a spiral staircase I find myself in the same sort of spot but looking down at a different angle I'm like right there's always more to learn this is gonna potentially be a lifelong thing okay fine I can put the pressure down of having to sort this out heal this by lunchtime because you've got to go and do this I think that's it I've really kind of realized and something that I say a lot but like my pace is the pace for this And, you know, if I can still experience these things and remain committed to trying my best to continue to, like, heal them, that's the big assignment, not getting to the other side of it. And like you say, very much when it comes to comparison-free, that's the aim for point. I never expect to get there, ever expect to get there. But I reckon I can get within kind of, like, close GPS.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so that i think with any of this healing work which is slightly cringe language i think the more yeah. you get to sit in the in the in the place where your nervous system is happy and you're more mm. more contentment you're better able to spot the the other bit It's interesting so i moved out of london now and um i go back like once usually once a week and boy my body can't handle it my nervous system is so overwhelmed and I was like how did I live like this for 12 years and it's a similar thing it's like that can become your norm and it's only when you edge away that you can you be totally. better at spotting it
0: and, and, and again it can be like you know when people if let's use the word if if people decide to change where they live there's an element of like the FOMO of like this is so much part of who I am like I used to live before I moved here four years ago um I lived in Brighton I remember I just I just uh, sort of fell out of love with it and I can't put my finger on it. It was nothing Brighton did. I just, I just fell out of love with it. And we looked at, you know, we realised we were we were going to move and we didn't know where that was going to be. And the FOMO crept in or, you know, well, where are you going to get a turmeric latte and there's loads of arts things and um, activism things going on here and all this. And, you know, it's such a big part of who I am saying I live here, which is quite confronting actually. And then I kind of had a bit of a word of myself eventually, which was, it's not my postcode job to make me a well-rounded, like, voracious liver of life. It's not my postcode job to do that. It's not Six Music's job to teach me what music I should like. You know, it's not this person or this place's job to tell me what I like to eat. It's that fault to me. And if I can only be that person in a certain postcode, there's more going on here than me wanting to move. And that is, that's that's not what I want. Mm-hmm. And so I totally hear you. I'm not in a place of like going to London or going to London thinking, how do people do this? I definitely feel, I definitely feel like, I know I could do this once, but I also realized that I probably was running out of steam two years before I realized that too. And literally no judgment. I wouldn't even rule rule out going back. I really, really wouldn't. But I know the move for me was about so much more um, than just like whether I could get a quick coffee. And, and, it, and it is. And it's, it's one of the best cities in the world. You'll never hear me say that it's not. It's one of the best cities in the world. But there came a point when I was like, what is this taking from me? in order for me to get to say oh of course I, I, li- I work in like I work in London but you know I live in Brighton and that was you know my ego did not like that did not mm. like that at all but that's probably a whole podcast episode isn't it mate yeah, in terms of understanding the resistance that goes into it
1: yeah in fact it's funny to say that it was the first time recently where someone asked me where I lived and I couldn't answer London I realized mm. how I usually felt when I said London because it comes to gravitas it's a capital city it's like global and multicultural and aren't i finger on the pulse and then i yeah i live in an amazing coastal town but it's just like oh yeah that you're right it's part of your identity it's a whole different conversation but it's very interesting yeah same with like other jobs
0: i've done as well like you know when i was working in oh yeah well i'm actually working um on a project for lvmh at the moment and all this it's like just can't call it call your tits babes do you know what i mean Whole different yes, conversation, exactly.
1: whole different conversation. Yeah, it's really interesting. So, Luce, two questions before we end. Number one, where can people find you and what like, work stuff do you want to shout about?
0: All right. Well, I'm over on the gram at Lucy Sheridan, and I've got to say, don't no judgment, I'm loving LinkedIn right now. Love oh. The conversation on LinkedIn is different. L- LinkedIn is giving me vibes of Instagram five years ago. In terms of how easily, something like 80% of people, there's something like only 7% of people with a LinkedIn account actually post. So the conversations I'm having over there are being reached by, you know, my stuff is being reached by way more people in that community, the conversations I'm having. Um, are really fun and you know, deep, like ex- full of exchange and conversation because it's it's reaching. I'm genuinely reaching more people and they're seeing more of my stuff. LinkedIn knows what it is. It's not trying to be anything else but a professional platform. So if you want, have got stuff to sell or stuff to promote or you want to share an experience, people people want to hear it. If you're not doing that, you're not taking part. Whereas on Instagram, it's like, oh, you know, well, am I allowed to? And it just, like, I've been encouraging loads of my friends to get back on it, because yes, it can be a bit awkward and corporate, but actually, like anything, be the change you want to (laughs) see. So bring your tone, remember it is, like, definitely got, you know, strong professional vibes, but, Mm. you know, there's easy to share personally on there too so I am all about LinkedIn too so just find go to Lucy Sheridan I've got a denim jacket on in my air picture
1: and <laughs> um, so that's where
0: I'd say find, find me over there too because just the conversations are completely different and it makes me realize how much um, moaning and groaning is going on on Instagram we just have to release the fact it's never going to be what it was five years ago and let's all remember that we get to choose where we spend our time.
1: And also, you know, we, it's easy to say, oh, LinkedIn's corporate stuff. But actually, maybe it's nice to go to work and, and post in, not in a professional fake way, but like, here's my work. Actually, like, You don't need to know about there my, you go. my breakfast and, and my And also, um,
0: friendly, it's like LinkedIn is like eight till six. No one's really scrolling LinkedIn at 10pm at night or like going live. They're just like chatting. So if you're in like in the daytime, it, it's a very sociable place. Hi, yeah, highly recommend
1: i oh, yeah, I've I've really taken that on board. Well, I never. You're you're on to something. <laughs> I am literally going to do that straight away. That's how sad I am. Okay, and my last question is always: if you could have an honest conversation with one person, who would it be, and what would you say? Oh wow!
0: <laughs> do you know? I think I would actually go back to the boss who gave me that feedback and be like Mm. here's what I get from it now but here and I get it and actually I can see the gift of it now and it has fueled me Uh, but at the time it felt hurtful and confusing Mm. and actually felt like you weren't on my side when we were a really good team together you know and it's it's a shame because we did have a really good friendship as well it's not just for that reason that unfortunately didn't go ahead you know life happens etc but you know if I'm gonna speak the truth even though my voice shakes I think it actually would be going it would be going back to that boss and being like you know just want you to know that like your words have power you're a powerful person Mm -hmm. and your opinion matters and this is how it influenced you know what happened to follow that I don't know you know I don't think there's any I don't believe in closure to be honest I don't think that's a helpful place to try and get to but I think that would give me a little bit of relief to share that
1: so maybe I'll
0: email
1: him on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, I feel like you're, this is definitely something, the universe is ticking something. And you know what? He'll be absolutely yeah, oblivious. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Won't he? I'm he will not out. know. Yeah, I mean, more than likely anyway. It's just like these things mm-hmm. that get dropped in our brains, especially in those kind of formative times, that end up yes, exactly. shaping us. And the, the the person who said it has no idea.
0: There you go, there you wow. go, yeah. I'm going to
1: definitely sit with this, Clemmy. yeah. Yeah, just see, I mean, even if, do you know what, even if you write the DM to him and never send it, I wonder if it will then um, yeah. reveal something to him.
0: I think that is a good exercise to do. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's something I need to take on, definitely.
1: Well, Luce, it's been everything I hoped, and I'm genuinely, genuinely so glad to hear that, yeah, that you're... Things are feeling brighter for you. And we're thanks, moving towards mate. spring. Really it's got to be good.
0: Yeah, I really received that so tenderly. And thanks so much for thinking of me to get me in for this conversation. So as always, always thought provoking, always different. Like, you know, I I love talking about comparison, but I always know you'll come in from an angle I just wasn't expecting. And it just it's always just so lovely to spend time with you. So thank you so much, darling.
1: Hope. I hope we cross paths in real life in the big smoke at some point. Yes, sure we will. Yeah,
0: well, I'll be off this hill soon, so maybe I'll. Um, we can on your day in London. We can. I'll be like bay pig in the city, as my friend Sarah says, <laughs> clinging, clinging to a vending machine at Euston Station. Will you come and get me, please? And we'll go to prayer. <laughs>
1: That's how I feel. I have lived there for twelve years and I suddenly am like being really rubbish on the tube. It's like, how is all this information that was so known to me? I'm just like, where are these people going? What are they doing? I'm like, how much of this product <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah, we should do that. That'd be lovely. But thank you. Ah, uh, well, the thing about doing a podcast is sometimes you're kind of booking guests for the overall good and trying to get them so they sit in the run of a series which is definitely what I wanted to do with comparison but also there can be a quite selfish endeavor where you just want an hour's chat with somebody that you think is interesting or that you haven't caught up with for a while and Lucy definitely falls into both camps but I knew my conversation with her would be good because I just love the way she frames things in in that kind of real big sister relatable energy That makes, yeah. You go, all right. Yeah, I really get it. I really get it, and that's how I felt whenever I've heard her talk about comparison. As I said during the interview, I really didn't think it was something that was pretty was very big for me or relevant. And then once I opened my eyes to it, I was like, hold up, this is definitely something that weaves its way through my life. So I really urge you to go and have a look at that, and go on follow Lucy and see her life up on the hill. She's got a couple of lovely golden retrievers and is full of wisdom and that's it that's another episode of but why thank you so much for listening i'd really appreciate any ratings reviews sharing of episodes and for you to come and follow us at but why underscore podcast and instagram i am off to this is going to make me sound extremely middle-aged get some curtains altered